You're listening to Nutrition Matters Podcast with Paige Smathers, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Hi everyone, it's Paige Smathers. Thanks so much for being here. Nutrition Matters Podcast explores what really matters in nutrition and health with a sensitive and realistic approach. To help support the podcast, please consider making a donation at positive-nutrition.com slash podcast. If you find this episode interesting, engaging, or helpful in your life, please consider donating, sharing with friends and family, and leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever podcast app you use to listen to this podcast. You can leave a review about this podcast straight from your podcast app. Search Nutrition Matters Podcast, click reviews, and then write a review. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook if you'd like to have a little more food for thought. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Nutrition Matters Podcast. I'm Paige, and I'm always so glad that you're here to join me. My name is Paige, and today I'm speaking with Jen Hand, who is... a food and body image coach and the creator of the Normal Eaters Club. And you can find her work at Jen with two N's, H-A-N-D, hand.com. So today we're talking about letting go of the shoulds with food. We're going to be talking about some practical sort of behavioral things you might be able to work on when you are noticing that you're having a lot of shoulds come up with food and eating in your body. And, you know, for some of you who are knee-deep in an eating disorder, I think that I just want to kind of put a little disclaimer out here, really want to make sure that none of the information in this podcast, especially this episode, is intended to replace any type of individual advice that you get from your team, Um, your dietitian, your therapist, your medical doctor, anyone else on your team that's helping to treat your eating disorder. Just be sure that you're really honoring their advice for you in your own situation because sometimes in recovery there's some different things you need to do than maybe the average person who's letting go of dieting and maybe doesn't have a full-blown eating disorder they might be able to um, to do some different things when it comes to trying to let go of some of these shoulds Um, all right so with that kind of warning I also wanted to just quickly mention um my upcoming mindful eating workshop in Salt Lake City on June 23rd. I'm so excited. We're we're getting close to the early bird deadline so that uh, the special price will go up at the at the end of the month of May. So be sure to buy your ticket if you're interested in joining us. It's going to be an all-day workshop talking about mindfulness and talking about how it relates to our work as dietitians. Uh, This workshop will provide six continuing education credits And I see this as being really helpful for anyone who's in a management role, anyone who does nutrition therapy, or a student who's looking to kind of um, learn about this approach and learn about kind of how to counsel effectively. And then anyone who is just a dietitian and wants to learn about mindfulness um, for themselves. Because mindfulness as a way of being and a way of thinking can be so powerful, regardless of whether or not you use this professionally. So 
If you aren't a dietitian and you want to join us, you're still totally welcome to join as long as we have um, space. So hop in, buy your ticket at positive-nutrition.com workshop, and hopefully we'll see you there on June 23rd um, in Salt Lake City, and I'm super excited about it. We did it last month or in the month of April, and it was a blast. People really enjoyed it, and we got such great feedback. All right, so let's get into talking with Jen um, all about this idea of how we can let go of some of the shoulds that we have with food. Hi, Jen. Welcome to Nutrition Matters Podcast. Hi, Paige. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Um, and thank you for being here. So, of Jen, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So, Jen, we are going to be ta- talking about the shoulds with food and kind of maybe providing some practical, down-to-earth steps and behaviors that people might be able to look at based on your own personal story and based on, you know, our experiences together, our collective wisdom, going to be trying to kind of tackle this topic of how you can let go of some of the shoulds with food. How does, how does that sound to you? Yes, I think it's a really important topic because so, so much of the time, those shoulds sort of dominate our minds without us being aware. So I definitely think diving deeper into this topic and learning how to gently let go of some of the things, some of the rules we're following, some of the ways we should ourselves is, is a really important part of moving forward and feeling that peaceful relationship with food. Perfect. And I think it's important to say right up front that it can feel like we're saying you shouldn't have shoulds which I think is just another rule. So I think that we want to we want to kind of say right up front that we're not saying shoulds are terrible and, you know, black and white mentality toward it. Never, ever let a should come in your mind. I think it's just a gentle invitation to say, what are the shoulds that are coming up for you doing? And are they ultimately serving you well? And so I'm, I'm hoping to give some practical advice along those lines. Uh, kind of in context of your own personal story and then, you know, what you do uh, for work too. Yeah, and I think the title sort of gives that clue in letting go of. So it's not, you know, we're not demanding that we don't have a rule or we let or we don't follow it. It's like, what, how can we let go of these? And that's sort of the, the much more gentle, kinder, more compassionate approach to so many of the thoughts that that dominate how we eat and our food choices. So definitely that that there's no you shouldn't have shoulds because we all have them. So let's sort of just be gentle and be light as we as we look at them. Perfect. So Jen, take a minute to just talk about like what brought you into this arena. Yeah. So my coaching and online business really began from my own journey, and I spent 12 to 13 years in this cycle of dieting and binging. And honestly, it began in a very innocent way, as many people's journeys do. Uh, lost a lot of weight in a very short amount of time. And and of course, no one can sustain that way of eating. So it swung me to the other extreme of binging. And that sort of became the catalyst into the cycle of the next 10, 12 years of just trying to always get back to the weight loss that I had had and being completely unsuccessful and just spending years in binging and um, trying to diet again and trying every food plan and cleanse and promise of weight loss ever. Um, And 
my, I, I began a blog, it was probably uh, six years ago now, in the hopes that I would be able to blog about my own journey that it, and that would help other women who didn't feel like they had anyone to turn to. They wouldn't feel alone. They wouldn't feel like they were crazy for the behaviors and the things they were thinking around food. And uh, my background is in nutrition. I have a master's in holistic nutrition. And originally I had wanted to graduate, be a nutritionist and work with food specifically and food plans. And I realized throughout my own journey that it's much deeper than food. And, and that kind of opened the door for me to look at the emotional piece, the spiritual piece, the mental piece of food and how we're not just these physical beings that we need a food plan to follow. And, um, so yeah, it kind of brought me to where I am today and, and working with other women who are in that struggle, who can't stop dieting, who struggle with binging and really just think about food all the time. And I truly believe that, everyone can find that freedom where they aren't dominating their life with food thoughts and body thoughts and weight thoughts. And it's just finding our own individual path to get to that place. So that's kind of the, the nutshell of my journey. Perfect. So it, it's just to recap, it started with sort of just the maybe sadly, but the typical experience of like, oh, I want to, I want to be smaller. And then that led to behaviors that then caused your body to be in a place of like, whoa, we need to over, we need to overcompensate. We need to get you back into homeostasis with with you know your your health and your calories and your energy intake. And then that binging you were experiencing made you feel even more scared around food and fearful of of what you're putting into your body, and kind of probably made you feel like you needed to make more rules. Then the more rules you made, the more struggles you had with with those behaviors that felt so problematic. Yes, absolutely. And you summed it up perfectly because it's it's gets more vicious each time. Like the more rules I had because I'd been binging for so long, trying to overcompensate for that would just send me back into this space of rebellion and binging again. And then I'd create even more rules. So it was it was this very extreme cycle that I didn't really know how to get out of. And did you identify uh, that maybe the dieting was the trigger to the binging or was that maybe did that come along later? It came a lot later and when I look back and this might sound very strange but I didn't know I had a problem with food. So I actually began getting help for anxiety anxiety and depression and the a therapist I had seen it was like, I think you actually have some issues with food. You know, I, I recommend someone who specializes in that area because from age, maybe like 15, that's just what I did. I was either dieting or I was saying, Oh, screw it. I'm going to have whatever I want. And then, you know, the next day trying to diet again. So it, it never dawned on me until much later that dieting was the trigger to the binging. I always thought it was the opposite. Like, I just have to get back to that dieting and that's what will make me that's what will help me to stop binging whereas you know we we know that that's really that door into the binging when we create those rules and we create those that pressure we put on ourselves to follow something so it it sounds weird when I think back like how did I not know I had a problem with food but it it was just so normal to me because I'd spent so many years doing yeah, that, that yeah. I just didn't know. So, and I was so young. I mean, I was in high school, you know, very early high school. So. Right. 
you know, when I think about my experience growing up with food and kind of in those high school years, I, I really wish I knew about that. I wish, I think that it would have been really helpful for me to understand that if I'm feeling really kind of out of control around food, that maybe that's a sign that I need to look at like, okay, am I nourishing myself adequately? Because you're right, the first reaction and response you typically have to that out of control feeling is like, oh my gosh, I need to, I'm not doing a good enough job controlling. And then it just perpetuates the very behavior you're you're not excited about. But, but on the other hand, I have clients who, when they hear conversations like this, they're they're so scared to maybe break free from their anorexia let's just say or to let go of dieting because then they they think that binging will automatically be the response to um you know to nourishing themselves like once they open the floodgate oh here it comes i'm just going to eat everything in sight and that knowing that uh, for some people kind of keeps them in their behaviors. So it's a really, it's as with everything in this world of talking about food and body image and nutrition, it's super tricky to to have conversations around it because every single person who struggles, struggles in a different way, even though there might be similarities, like everyone is unique. And so if some, if you're listening and you're saying, oh yeah, this, this is another one of those conversations about how, how binging results from from restricting, I'm just going to keep restricting so I never experience binging, you know, really I'd encourage someone to reach out for some individualized um, professional help because, because, yeah, because, yeah, this is a, it's a tough topic. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I was there, you know, I was like, no, I can't, I, I have to diet to make up for the the week I just spent binging and to get out of those extremes I honestly, I don't, I couldn't have done it alone. And, and maybe other people who are, are less extreme might be able to, to get some, some support in a different way. But for me, having that help was what, what allowed me to work through the fear and still move forward. Because when I was alone with that fear, the fear completely stopped me and kept me stuck in the cycle because you're exactly right. It is terrifying when you've binged to not engage in that knee-jerk reaction of, oh, I have to make up for it. I've got to restrict. I've got to eat clean. I've got to eat, you know, I've got to fast the next day or whatever we tell ourselves. So, and it, you know what, it is that like, I always talk about and, and tell women, if you binge, there's a way to, to take care of yourself and nourish yourself the next day without engaging in diet behaviors. And it can be very scary that first time because, that's not our usual reaction. Our usual usual reaction is to say, hey, got to make up for it, got to eat less and, and balance the scale out when really balancing the scale out is more of taking care of yourself in a way that feels nourishing to not keep that cycle going. Yeah, because if you engage in more restriction behaviors after a binge, that just sets you up for the next one. Yeah. And intellectually, it makes sense, right? Like, we're like, oh, right. We convince ourselves, okay, I just had a million calories. So now I'm going to have fewer calories. But if we can, if we can truly know that that is what kickstarts the next binge, whether that's in the same day or a week later, it's, it's, it can be helpful to use that as inspiration to say, okay, even though I'm afraid, even though I want to diet or I want to restrict. I know that in the long term, that's not what's most helpful for me and what will have me move forward in my path. Yeah. 
I love it. So I'm, my brain is going a mile a minute. I feel like there's so many different angles we could take. So let's start breaking it down. What are what are some practical steps or behaviors or thought kind of shifts people can work on to try to let go of some of the shoulds with food? Yeah. So honestly, the first step I would say is being aware of where you have these rules or where you have these shoulds. And I actually just did a call this week, a group coaching call where we talked about, we kind of said aloud our rules and and the things that we're following in our head and where we're shoulding ourselves. And I love this might sound really silly. I love saying them out loud because a lot of times it can take the charge out of them. Because when you think to yourself, like, I can't have carbs, carbs are bad. And you kind of convince yourself of this in your head. Like when you say it out loud, it can sometimes just make it sound less believable or like kind of sound like seven super like dumb you know like wait yeah, what? yeah like why am I why do I think that that sounds reasonable but when it's in your head it's like oh yeah this makes total sense you know yeah and actually one that I was reflecting on this week I had this thing in my head that I didn't even know that I needed to cook six nights a week and my fiance was out of town. I was like, screw it. I'm not cooking. And I realized I had this rule of like, I must cook six nights a week. And one, honestly, I said it out loud and I was like, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Like, why do I believe that? You know, why do I think that's what I have to do every single night? So, um, you know what, Jen, that's a really good point because I think on this podcast, we talk a lot about food and body image, but at the same time, you know, and, and dieting, but at the same time, we can do these same shoulds on aspects of life that, you know, cooking at home, okay, sure, yeah, like, that's a great thing, but we can also set ourselves up for, like, yeah, this rule, like, I need to do it six nights a week, and if I don't, I'm a total failure, and even though that's maybe not coming from a super diety place, maybe that's just coming from, like, a, I mean, it could be a dieting rule, but it also could just be a oh, I want to take good care of my family or I want to be the perfect mom or the perfect partner or, you know, like that type of stuff. I just think it's valuable to look at this beyond maybe dieting implications and maybe just in how we care for ourselves in general. Yeah, definitely. And that that surprised me that I had that in my head because I've worked so long on letting go of rules and letting go of shoulds. But I think, I mean, for me, a part of it is the perfectionism, you know, feeling the need to be perfect or do things perfectly or have a perfect house or be the perfect person. Um, and realizing that, oh, I felt this need for perfection in cooking that was just completely came out of nowhere. And it was this arbitrary, arbitrary rule. So yeah, applying it to life as well. So if the, if, food rules don't specifically resonate with you, seeing where you do it with your body or with your size or with what you should wear or how you're being in a relationship. I mean, you know, it can apply to any area of life. So yeah, it's definitely really interesting. The first, yeah. The first thing is just being aware and how do you be aware is really just opening that conversation with yourself. So I think slowing down and just asking yourself, like, where am I shooting myself? What, where am I following a rule that, maybe isn't serving me. So kind of noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Reflecting on that to, to see where you are following rules. Cause I found that the faster we go, the less, like the less insight we get from ourselves. So if we're just busy, 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 like it's harder to be aware of the, you know, what we're doing with food or what we're doing, what we're following in life. Um, so Jen, so some people, whenever I go into this realm of like, 
rules. Like, let's just kind of break some of these down. Let's um, let's go with a framework and kind of get out of this binary thinking that rules tend to bring. Some people kind of tense up and get really nervous and they're like, but I like rules. Rules are my friend. Rules, uh, it scares me to kind of talk about how I might be, you know, you might be encouraging me to kind of let go of, of rules. And again, this could be a very diety or slash eating disorder type of thought where it's like, no, I like my rules that keep me safe. But I've also had experience with people who it's not diety. It's it's more their approach to life. They like they like rules. Um, so what do you say when someone says, yeah, okay, I'm creating awareness around my rules, but I I like them. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, that's, that's like a perfect segue into, into for me, the next step of asking yourself how it feels. So for example, I have a, and I don't even like to call it a rule, but maybe a guideline. I typically eat every three to four hours and that's just a guideline I've always followed. And when I ask myself how it feels, it doesn't feel like a rule. It feels like a way to take care of myself. It feels good. It feels nourishing versus like, I can't eat carbs. Like as soon as I say that out loud and my body tenses, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't eat carbs. Like that stinks, you know? So it asking yourself how it feels, if it feels like it's serving you, it's nourishing, it's it's helping keep and in you order, balanced. In order to do that, you have to be really honest about your intentions because you yes. like if you're in a really disordered place, again, you need that individual therapy and and um and attention. But you got you have to be really very honest about your intentions behind it because someone who's in a kind of a more disordered place could convince themselves like, oh yeah, this is totally from a healthy perspective. And yeah, this totally feels good. I like this. Um, and so there's, there's a, there's, I like the idea of looking at how it feels. I just wonder if some people could kind of manipulate or turn that into like, yep, Paige and Jen said it was totally fine as long as it feels good. You know, sometimes something feels good that's actually not really good for you. And so being really super honest and introspective about those intentions, I think, is a, a good place to start. Definitely. And 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 remembering also that as you change and evolve and progress on in your healing, your rules will change. So I look at the very beginning of my own journey, and while I was working towards freedom and feeling more free with food, I still had a lot of rules because it was scary to break out of them. So as I've changed over the years, those rules have not resonated with me anymore. And I, and I broke out of them. And I think so often letting go of shoulds and rules is so tied into the trust that we have with our bodies. So if we say, yeah, like if we say, okay, I can't, I can't, I have to eat perfectly Monday through Friday. I can only have junk food on the weekends. It's usually coming from a place of fear. And so if we take a really small step to say, okay, I'm going to have a dessert on a Wednesday. I mean, that feels radical. I remember when I did that, like it felt so radical to me, like, oh my gosh, it's Wednesday. I'm having a cookie, but I gained more trust with myself to then say, oh, okay, I'm still okay. I broke my rule and I still feel okay. I didn't binge. I didn't spiral out of control. So, so I think it's so tied into trust and that's why breaking rules and, and reframing rules can be a very not and I don't even want to say slow process but gradual process of where you you let go just a little bit and then just a little bit more until you feel more trust with yourself and your body. 
I think the trust is huge. And again, that can get in the way of really being able to be honest about what your intentions are and or honest about how something feels because maybe you're so disconnected and and feeling like you're unable to trust your body that there's that huge barrier there. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think sometimes the way around that is to is to start really, really small. So, you know, typically when we begin this path, we have a thousand rules in our head. And for me, it's not about breaking all of them at once and letting go of all of them. It's finding something that, that like starting where you are. And if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, you are on that path to healing. You know, you are in, in some level wanting to heal and wanting to find that freedom. So it's like starting exactly where you are to say, okay, what rule feels like it's the most constricting? And and maybe it's like, okay, when I go out to eat, I have to order a salad. And maybe you start there because so often for people that feels so constricting and so awful that they go out to eat with friends and they can't order anything on that menu. So maybe you order a salad and, you know, half a sandwich and that feels like a big step forward. So I think it's like starting exactly where you feel comfortable while also pushing yourself just a little bit outside your comfort zone. I like that. Yeah. And again, there are there are very severe eating disorders that like if you're listening, you need you need an individualized um, approach to this. But for the for the average person who's listening, who's just like, yeah, I'm really trying to walk away from all of the dieting that I've been the diet culture that I've been steeped in my entire life. I think exactly what you're saying is is just really super important and a really good idea like become aware of what's coming up for you and then gently ask yourself how does this feel and then move toward okay how can I step out of my comfort zone you know just a little bit like what feels doable to me today and um and then reflecting on the fact that like life didn't end you know maybe you even (laughs) felt a whole lot better and had a whole lot more fun with a sandwich and a salad rather than just a salad or something like that yeah and I found it just in my own experience, like that self-talk is really important around letting go of rules because we we have, it's like so ingrained in us if we're following a rule typically that it's like, let's say that restaurant example, you go out, you order a salad and half a sandwich and that feels very out of your comfort zone. And it's like telling yourself, it's okay. I'm allowed to have this. My body will remain balanced. Like I used to literally talk to myself and, and just tell myself it was okay. And I was allowed to do this and I I could still feel nourished and I could still feel in control. And that helped me so much because our thoughts usually go down that path of like guilt or self-hatred or self-loathing and the criticism instead of bringing it back to, no, I'm allowed to go out to eat with friends. I'm allowed to enjoy a meal and, and talking to ourselves in a way that affirms that we're allowed to let go of a rule. You know, and I think that it's important to say that that's easier for people in in smaller bodies to say, I'm allowed to eat this. I can. It's okay. You know, even though that's, I'm not trying to um, make it sound like it's just so easy for someone in a smaller body, but but just kind of shout out to anyone who's listening who's thinking, yeah, like, of course, Jen and Paige can say that, but not me. Like, I don't get to do that. Or like, I'm not allowed to, to order that. Or that doesn't apply to me because of the size of my body. And I think that that gets really, really problematic because um, obviously like you need to be nourished and fed no matter what your body size is. And 
there are certain foods that are more satisfying than others. Uh, you know, a salad can be satisfying and it's not bad to eat a salad, but at the same time, it's like if it's just a few pieces of lettuce and, you know, some, some croutons and some veggies, like that's no matter who you are, that's not going to really like satisfy you very well or for very long. So what we're saying applies to you regardless of body size. I just want to say that. Yeah. And, and maybe for people who are feeling like that, instead of that sort of self-talk and affirming, maybe a reframe, reframe of the language we're using. And what I mean by that is like, if, if we say I can't order, I can't order anything but a salad when I go out to eat, reframing that sentence to say, um, you know, when I order something more balanced, I know I won't binge later. Or when I'm more satisfied, I know I won't crave sweets later. Or like, you know, changing the language that's less of an affirmation and more of like changing that rule we have. So um, when I was working on my own breaking the carbs or bad rule, it was what he- what was helpful was reframing it to say because carbohydrates actually include fruits and vegetables. So it's like, oh, carbohydrates include fruits and vegetables and not all carbohydrates are equal in our bodies and carbohydrates make me feel more balanced when I have them occasionally. So sort of reframing it in a way that feels nourishing to you instead of that like, more of an affirmation kind of thing because it's it's like the rules we have are, are really just things we've told ourselves again and again and again so and i don't i don't think that carbs are something we should have occasionally i think carbs are something we should have like all throughout the day you know right? oh yeah i mean when i was first doing it i was like you know oh I, I see i can occasionally have some carbs and because having carbs even once felt just so completely new to me because yeah, that makes sense you know such a bad in place in my mind yeah. yeah yeah um but but that's exactly what i'm talking about so like you know that's how i was years ago and you know that rule isn't even in my head anymore so it's like that's what i'm talking about when i say our rules evolve is because i started from a very different place and that that rule has evolved and just sort of dissipated as I've trusted myself. And so, you know, starting where you are means that like, yeah, that might be true for you then. And that might feel like a step forward. But from that new place, you'll have another step forward and another and, you know, creating that sort right. of path to freedom. So when you first said, <clears throat> okay, I can eat, I can eat carbs and kind of geared yourself up for that. What can you describe kind of what that was like and what that felt like after you ate the carbs and maybe any insight as to like how it became easier the second time or th- things along those lines. Just curious to kind of like zoom in on that experience. Yeah. So one thing that's popping into my head is is um, kind of around sugar and carbs. So Reese's cups were a huge trigger food for me and I would just eat them just by the handful and, and couldn't ever stop. And I w- would often be very deliberate in my attempts to to let go of a rule. And by that, I mean, like, I remember buying a pack of Reese's, sitting down at my table in college, taking them out, putting them on a plate, saying to myself, okay, I am going to eat these. I'm allowed to enjoy them. Even though there were voices in my head that said like, no, you shouldn't enjoy them. No, you're going to binge. It was, it was a very deliberate, conscious, you know, hearing that voice and then that other gentle voice that's saying, nope, I am going to enjoy these again and again and again. And it was, it was definitely, um, because that was one of the first, first things I can remember doing around letting go of a rule. It was such a vivid experience for me because I remember eating them, enjoying the Reese's cups and then finishing and being like, 
okay, like I did that. I didn't binge. I'm still okay. And I was very surprised because I had never before really actually even tasted them and enjoyed the Reese's. It was always just like an, an inhalation of them, but it was also like a calm experience. And so for me, the, the, the number one, the deliberateness of it, of when I would break a rule, being mindful, slowing down, letting myself be in the experience to receive it. And then also learning through that experience. So I did that once and maybe I didn't do it again the next day, but I did it maybe a week later. And so this created this confidence within me that, oh, I can right. have two Reese's cups and be okay. And that's possible, right? It, it, so it makes it so that your brain knows like, I am able to be around this particular food that I really enjoy and really love. And I, maybe I used to binge on it, but I don't have to, you know, like I, I've had experiences where I can just enjoy it and move on. I think that's a really valuable experience for us to have. Yeah. And honestly, all of this comes through experience. You know, like we don't think our way into a new rule. Like we, we have the experience, we feel our way through eating it and realizing we're okay. Yeah. And then we need to do trust. it. Yeah. That's exactly what scary. I was. <laughs> no, it is for sure. And that's exactly what I was getting at when I asked the question, like, tell us what that was like. Um, because I think you're right. I think you need to dip your toes in and really start doing and then once you've done it, you need to reflect and say, how did that go? And is the world okay? And and how do I feel? Because part of um, what happens for a lot of my clients is, oh my gosh, I'm actually feeling so much better now that I'm eating more variety of foods and I'm not just so restrictive. I actually, I'm, I'm a nicer person or I'm back to myself or my brain is functioning or I can finally remember things. And whereas when, when, you're so laser focused on eating in a certain way and eating certain amounts and um, kind of being so nitpicky and restrictive about food. A lot of times there's a lot of psychological consequences. Yeah. I, and I love that you brought that up because at the end of the day, don't we just want to feel better? You know, it's like, we just want to feel better, have more energy, feel more balanced. And when you start eating in a more balanced way, that's the byproduct. And like, that's, you know, we try and diet to achieve this or lose weight to achieve this. And yeah, I mean, there's so many other topics and, and nuances in there, but distilling it down to just like, oh, I feel better. Isn't that what I wanted all along? Yes, so, it is. It's yes. exactly what we want. <laughs> I mean, it's just the basics of like human psychology. Like we have evolved to seek things that make us feel good and to stop doing things that don't, which, you know, let's be honest, dieting and self-punishment through through all the things, all the behaviors we do with diets, it doesn't feel good. And I think that's why long-term it just doesn't last. It doesn't work because ultimately that's really what we want. We want to feel good. Yeah. And I think that's with, with rules and shoulds. I think that for me is the biggest thing, like realizing that they don't feel good, that, that when we're following these rules, it really limits us. And I think that can be a great inspiration when you're feeling that fear of, of breaking a rule or letting go of a rule to say, I, I will feel better. Like there'll be more possibilities and opportunities and, and levels of freedom that I can feel when I begin to look at this rule and let go of it more. Because it's like, if you think about, you know, I always come back to carbs are bad. Cause that was such a big one for me. Like how 
it, it just kept me in this box that like, I couldn't have this, I couldn't have that, you know, so restricted. And so that catalyst for me to break out of that box was realizing on the other side of that box that there was more freedom of, oh, I can order something at a restaurant and engage in conversation and have a good time and not be in my head the whole time about my, with my rules. So yeah, the, the feeling of, of just feeling better is, can be such a great inspiration and has been for me to keep letting go of rules. I love it. And one thing that that's just popping into my mind is, you know, I think if we just zoom out and really look at what are the shoulds with food, like what is the logical purpose for them in, in people's minds? And what, what it comes to for me is people are applying those shoulds to food because they really think that that's helping them and they think that that's keeping them safe. And, you know, who could blame a person for just trying to figure out how to, you know, stay safe? And and I don't mean like physically safe. I just, I mean more on that emotional level, right? It, it helps them manage and cope and feel safe. But what I, what I often tell my clients is, I don't think these shoulds are keeping you as safe as you think they are. You know, I think they're actually they're actually perpetuating um, the stuff that feels so unsafe and and so scary. But then stepping out of those shoulds can also feel unsafe and scary. And it's definitely a journey and a process. But at the end of it, you can look back and say, yep, or or even just through it a little bit, you can say, yep, that was that those rules and those shoulds really weren't keeping me as safe as I thought they were. Yeah, I, I love that point, because then we can kind of let go of the guilt or the criticism we have of ourselves that we're following these rules. It's, it's just realizing, yeah, we, we feel like it's keeping us safe. It's keeping us in control and that's just why we do them. And it, and it's, it is a very natural thing when you've been dieting or overeating for many years to, to want to feel safe, to want to feel in control. And so I think it sort of takes, lets us off the hook a little bit to say, oh, we don't have to blame ourselves. Yeah, and make exactly. Us, make that's it feel even helpful. worse. Yeah. And, and, by the way, diets, if you've done a lot of diets in your life, that they are all shoulds. That's that's all it is. Yes, it's a yes. gigantic list of shoulds. So who could blame a person for, you know, cre- like fostering that should mindset when that's really all you've known? So it's okay. Like shoulds, it makes sense. I, I understand it logically. But I, I'm hoping that our conversation is sort of highlighting this idea that that they really don't help us and they typically perpetuate the very behaviors that we're really um, not loving that we're doing. Yeah, and I really try to be to be light when I feel myself going back into perfectionism or hearing a should or a rule that I still have in my head. And I think it can help it can help you shift out of it because when you're when we're so hard on ourselves, it just like keeps us stuck there. Um, you know, a great example. So I'm getting married in a couple months and I realize I've had this thing in my head of like, I should look a certain way, you know, fill in the blank. I should be thinner. I should be smaller. I should look perfect. And hearing that in my head and then being aware of it, asking myself how it feels like, okay, that feels horrible because I am, have no intention of dieting. I have no intention of cutting anything out. So like, where is this coming from? Okay. Societal expectations, societal conditioning, my perfectionism, and then kind of reframing to help myself enjoy my day, feel more comfortable, comfortable, comfortable and confident. I was trying to blend those together in my body and, and really just 
being light about it because if I get in that space of like, oh, I'm, I shouldn't be thinking of this. Why am I thinking of this? I'm such a failure. I still have this in my head. It just yeah, exactly. makes me like so constricted. I mean, that's not helpful. You know? Yeah. If, Like we said in the beginning, if the conversation about letting go of shoulds feels like if you think about shoulds, then you are the worst or you shouldn't <laughs> think about shoulds. Yeah, it's one of those like triple cross-eyed you feel like you're just chasing your tail kind of thing. So yeah, the, exactly. I love that you're modeling that real life example of, okay, you have a wedding coming up. Some shoulds are popping up. How could they not? Because of the society that we live in. And it's and it's not like, wow, once you're healed from a struggle with food, you just never ever have these thoughts. Um, it's like, no, they come up. And then you just say, oh yeah, I, I recognize what that is. And I'm going to ask myself, gently kind of how does that feel in my body how does that feel to me what what would that lead to or what's causing this what are the conditions that lead me to kind of have this thought pop up and then really just kind of sitting with some of those thoughts and in the end kind of saying you know I'm just gonna let that one go because I don't have any intentions of cutting things out or restricting or dieting for my wedding yeah and it's it's a process of we all have these and even when you do feel free and normal and you know whatever word you want to use like yeah they're still in our head and and it's okay you know no one's perfect and we're human and that's just a part of our own journey of deepening where we let go of these shoulds and these things that we're following perfect so here's the steps that I have written down Jen let me know if I've gotten them wrong or or if you'd want to add something else and I'm always a little hesitant to be like okay step by step guide <laughs> because obviously it's not that simple but but just kind of a little bit of a framework for people to move forward with so the first thing we talked about was trying to become aware of which shoulds are popping up into your mind and then I loved your advice about saying them out loud whether that's in therapy or with your best friend or um, just to yourself in the mirror, I think that that's a powerful uh, exercise to do. And then second, ask yourself how it feels. And then in order to do that, you have to kind of work on fostering trust in your body. Um, and then the fourth thing would be kind of, I liked your wording, you said be light and gentle when the shoulds come up. So what else would yeah. you add? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, like what else would you add to that? I would say... Um... What can help if people resonate with is like reframing the language around it. So like, you know, we don't just stop thinking something, we replace it with something else, or we don't just stop doing something, we replace it with something. So, you know, if you're, you know, you're not eating carbs at all, and then you, you add like, okay, uh, one meal, you're going to experiment with carbs. Um, and then it goes to two meals. And then, so kind of like reframing, whether that's with an act or not reframing, um, replacing with an action or another thought to sort of help shift your belief around that rule. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's really cognitive behavioral therapy type framework where you re replace. And I think that that works well, you know, in a lot of different situations. Sometimes um, distraction is a good idea. Other times, I think it can be also really powerful to just sit with the the thought and just like let it go too you know like you yeah, don't necessarily yeah. need to have something else to do or think sometimes it's just like oh yeah there's that thought I'm gonna just kind of let it go you know and and I I think that whatever resonates there's no right or wrong way to do this it's just whatever works for you um 
I think it's, it's just really powerful to kind of feel empowered that you don't have to, you know, take every single thought you think completely 100% seriously, you know? Yes. And I love that reminder because that's exactly what I did with those thoughts about a wedding, you know, like, Oh, I have to look perfect. I have to be smaller. And just kind of, honestly, I, I was laughing at, it. I was like, I can't believe like I, I have this in my head still. Like how silly is that? And just kind of, you know, letting that float away and just be what it is. So yeah, I love that, that we don't have to analyze every single thought and cling onto it. Some of them we can just say, yep, I'm thinking that. And there that is in my head and just kind of move on with from it. Perfect. Okay, so what else do you want to say about shoulds? I think we've done a good job kind of covering a lot of groundwork in a short amount of time um, talking about this topic that I think is so important and obviously bigger than one podcast can go through. But what are you what are you thinking? What loose ends do you want to tie up? I would one more thing I would add is um, an indication of following a a should or a rule can often be where you feel rebellious. So, and I'm going to try to explain this in a way that's succinct, but like if you feel like that, screw it, I'm just going to eat cupcakes all week or, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. Like you feel that sort of sense of rebellion around food. Um, that can be a, that can be an indication of where you have a rule in there somewhere. So like with the cooking example, what I was like, you know, I have to cook six days a week. When my fiance went out of town, I felt this sense of rebellion, like, screw this, I'm not cooking at all, and I'm going to be free. And that was sort of my indication of like, oh, I'm following this rule that I have to cook a certain amount of times per week at home. So that can be a, a good pointer sometimes if you're feeling that sense of rebellion that, oh, hey, there must be a rule in there somewhere. Love it. That's a, I like that practical, practical tip of being able to identify, is this a rule? And yeah, that idea of rebellion, I think is, a, is a really good indication that there's something underlying it for sure. Yeah. And just like, you know, being too quote unquote perfect with food, like that need to rebel. It's like, oh, we, we have some rules in there we need to look at and, and bring to light. And that, that sense of rebellion can often diminish when we, when we aren't following that rule anymore. Love it. Yeah, that's such a good idea. Well, Jen, thanks for chatting with me about this really important topic. Do you want to just take a minute and talk about you and where people can find you? Yeah, and this was a lot of fun. And I I love your podcast so much. I think it just has so many important topics on this path. Um, So yeah, I blog over at jenhan.com and um, I run a program called the Normal Eaters Club and do coaching and Uh, blog. I actually started a podcast a couple months ago. So yeah, lots of free resources over on my website if you are interested. And it's been fun chatting about this. I feel like we could talk about it forever. Um, It's on so many different levels. I know. Thanks so much for, for having me on. Well, I sincerely hope you've enjoyed this conversation. If you haven't already, please go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. Thanks again so much for listening and we'll see you soon for another episode.